On this week's episode of the JT and Big O podcast, we will be talking about coronavirus and its effects on the entertainment industry. We'll also be talking about streaming and whether in cases like the coronavirus where people won't go out to public, is this the best way to watch movies? And we have a small little treat for you guys at the end, so stay tuned. Well, not small. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the JT and Big O podcast. I am JT McGuire, also known as Video Geek JT, and joining my side is the real ordeal, Ryan. Big O'Regan. I feel like I should be giving you like my weight and where I hail from at this point. <laughs> Coming oh. from parts unknown, standing at six, I don't actually know what how I are you like six foot? I wish. God, I'm like barely 5'9". Yeah, I'm 5'8", I'm so I'm like, everyone to me is bigger. <laughs> uh, uh, about 5'9", weighing in somewhere between 3'15", 3'25", on a good day. Not too far off from me. Yay, consistency. <laughs> uh, so, I wanted to throw it to you real quick, uh, let you talk about a few things. All right. Uh, so, obviously, first of all, um, uh, we are back in the studio today. Uh, again, big thanks to Ming Chang and uh, the men and women over there at a Shared Universe uh, podcast studio in Asbury Park, New Jersey, for allowing us to do our podcast there last weekend. It was definitely a joy. Definitely, we'll try to be back. And uh, hopefully, you all enjoyed the uh, change of layout and scenery. Um, I do want to make this quick note and address regarding myself. After that particular podcast, I went down to Belmar, New Jersey to partake in the uh, St. Patrick's Parade that there was going on. And good on Belmar for being the first one to strike and strike hot for the month. You know, again, still doing my all green thing for the Irish month. Go Irish. Um, for those of you who know me, you already know that uh, later on in that evening, leading into Monday morning and afternoon, there was an incident that transpired where three people varying age, race, and demeanor uh, went ahead and targeted me for a slew of criminal activity to the point where I was kidnapped, assaulted, robbed and extorted from uh, these people were I don't know what kind of mindset it was but it was what it was I've still got the injuries to prove it and with a little bit of luck and some quick thinking I was able to get out of the situation and get all three of them arrested so that part settled I did want to take this time to go ahead and say what maybe I may have already said to a couple of other people, but I want the face-to-face -face of it because I really haven't been able to speak, speak, speak uh, for practically the week until now. And I want to say thank you to those of you who have been able to reach out, who have been able to show your support for the uh, sympathy and empathy that you've been able to show. Uh, certainly credit to JT as well as my friends Debbie and Liz who 
are able to show up outside of my immediate family and be able to help where they could. And I realize that it's not exactly an easy situation for anybody. And it's certainly not one that I want to belabor any details with all of you fine folk leching. But, you know, in the interest of full disclosure, if you ever want to find out what exactly went on, it's certainly in the news. You can always message me about it because obviously they say talking about it helps. And I understand that. Um, It's not going to be an easy thing to get over. And I probably never will get over it, but I will certainly move on from it. And again, just if there is any lesson to be learned from this, don't go to places by yourself. Don't trust so easily. But when there are people that you can trust, cherish it. And uh, that's pretty much all I have to say on the matter at this point. You know, until things are resolved more thoroughly, there's really nothing else to say except let the show begin, which is exactly what we're going to do today. Right? Yes. Now, that being said, obviously there's been some debate as to what we're necessarily going to talk about. And I think really the biggest story in the world in general, whether it be here in Jersey or elsewhere, is unfortunately coronavirus. And since we are entertainment people, there is a lot that's going on that has affected the entertainment industry that obviously some normal people probably won't realize, but when you really put it together, it's really amping up to be more of a global pandemic sort of thing for the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, I do want to go ahead and at least protect myself for the moment. Before I go any further... Okay. You're one of those people afraid to drink Corona beer right now, aren't you? I'm a yingling man myself, yes. But why you're not protecting yourself with a mask, I have no idea. Because it's just it's just a really Essentially it's it's bad, but it's as bad as the flu. And if we can survive the flu every year, I think we're going to survive coronavirus. Not everybody survives the flu. Well, as many people that normally does. By the way, in fact, the numbers for the deaths of flu every year are still higher than the current deaths of uh, coronavirus. Question. Yes. Do I look like Beachhead from G.I. Joe? I don't remember what Beachhead looks like. He was the dude that had like the green sock on his head. He was like the drill sergeant. I'm going to say yes, even Sweet. though I have no idea. Cool. <laughs> I, I can, I can abide by that. Are you going to look like that the entire episode? No, just for the bit. <laughs> uh, I'll say i got to get my jollies in somehow, and this is like the best way to do it. Now, I'm certainly not paying $5.99 for one of those little dinky mess that you get at 7-Eleven. Yeah, what, what's, that's another crazy thing. I, I realize we're not talking quite about entertainment yet about this, but all the little details about this, like... Uh, if you want a bottle of Purell or any type of uh, disinfectant type uh, liquid, like they're either sold out or they've jacked the prices way up. Oh yeah, no, especially on Amazon, there's been price gouging. So it's one of those things that, uh, given the global stance on it, yeah, people are going to take advantage. It's unfortunate. It, but it's just it, it's but it's a lot of human stupidity too. It's just like you, they're getting too crazy over this. 
I work in Manhattan every day. I'm still not afraid. Even as cases are building up there, I'm just like, it's going to be fine. It'll be fine. Well, you say that now, but obviously <laughs> there are people that certainly are afraid, uh, especially the entertainment industry. Uh, there's been a slew of different situations that have been affected because of the coronavirus. Uh, most notably this week, uh, South by Southwest, the large entertainment that, festival. That was very surprising. That was canceled. Canceled. Not rescheduled or anything, just canceled. Yeah. And mind you, that's a platform for a lot of movies that go ahead and get like their premiere at this situation. So now that's got to all be rescheduled based upon whoever's going to go ahead and show them and where and when. Do you think they should have canceled that? Do you do you think like it was it's that big of a problem right now that uh, they needed to cancel that event? Anything where there's going to be a mass gathering, you don't want to take the risk because this is one of those things that's going to go ahead and it'll spread like wildfire the minute it goes from one person to the next. And let's face it, South by Southwest has a bit of a, like uh, well, what kind of community do I want to say? Uh, there, there's hippies and hipsters. <laughs> You know, so I, I can imagine somebody with, like, the, the right herbal tea and just, like, spreading that around to people and, you know, uh, plus, yeah. you know, weed, you know, puff, puff, pass. Just be smart. Wash your hands. Don't share stuff. Well, unless someone's going to go ahead and light up a blunt with some Purell on it, I don't think that's necessarily <laughs> going to work. But, uh, and outside of that, uh, movies themselves, the, the biggest uh, news this week was that... Uh, James Bond, No Time to Die, uh, which was supposed to be coming out this April, has now been pushed back to November because of the virus. So the whole global um, send-out of the movie is now pushed back. They say the industry, uh, this may not be the last, certainly the first of this kind, especially since James Bond himself is such a global name, you Mm -hmm. know, 007 and all that. And it's actually going to hit the uh, studio for about, $30 $30 million in losses just by the pushback. Yeah, I don't know if I'm too worried about that because, yeah, like we saw with Sonic, it was supposed to come out in November. They held it back all the way to February. Uh, even though it's a kid's movie, Artemis Fowl, which was supposed to originally come out in November, and mm-hmm. I don't even know when that's coming out now. I think it's still another few months out. It's supposed to be coming out sometime this summer, supposedly. So it's stuff like that, I feel, just kind of happens all the time. Right, but obviously there's less competition going on in April than there would be in November, well, with the Thanksgiving's holidays and everything going around. So it's going to be a tighter race for the money that's going to be available at that time than it would be now. I can only speak for myself, but I think I would be more interested in seeing a James Bond film at this point in November than I would be in April. Because, you know, like the summer box office starts really in April now, so you do have a lot more competition between that time from, like, April to September. Well, if you look at what's coming out, really the only thing that I'd say would have been competition for it would probably have been Fast 9, which that itself already has, like, a a global landscape, too. So it's a question of whether or not that won't get pushed back either. By now, I would say probably not, because now with James Bond out of the way, there's that much more for the pot for them. True, but uh, what is coming out in November? You're, you're usually a little more informed. Uh, well, if stuff. I had access to the internet, I'd be able to tell you. I <laughs> uh, kind of had to shut it down just so I could grab the screen grab because also, which uh, came out this week, uh, you had Onward. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, was also probably be something that probably would have had a global hit. Uh, not doing so well. 
it's actually one of the lowest opening weekends for a Pixar release. And considering everything that's going on, you have to understand that probably the fact that not a lot of people in China can go ahead and see it. True. So, uh, and even then, even not even movies that are out and having to be dispersed, you got movies that are in the making that have had to been stopped. Uh, Mission Impossible 7, for instance. They had to stop filming in Italy because Italy right now is a hotbed for the damn thing. And, you know, you have to wonder if they're going to move somewhere else, if they're going to wait for it to pass. This could delay the entire making of a movie rather than just the uh, shooing of it. And mind you, I mean, Tom Cruise can do a lot of things stunt-wise, but, you know, getting sick, I don't know if he can necessarily play that off without a stuntman. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I have not cared about Mission Impossible since... One. Since one? Since one. Not, not even three? I don't like Tom Cruise. Anytime he's in a movie, I'm like, I'm out. Whoa. I think the only thing I was willing to see with him was Tropic Thunder, and that's only because he had a really bit part in it. Yeah, I mean, technically, I don't even think he was in the credits, if I remember correctly. I don't like him. And I I'm just... sorry, the, the bit skin, this is getting like too much. I'm like, yeah, my, my glasses I... have been fogging up. Yeah, I could hear you struggling to breathe on that thing. Jeez. By the way, I don't think we act, we, we were talking about it, but uh, for those listening to the audio, he put on a hood to kind of pretend he had a mask to protect himself from coronavirus. We'll, we'll, we'll put up a picture on the uh, yeah. f- the Facebook page. I'll, I'll make it the avatar this week for, uh, for the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm the safe, healthy one, and JT's just like, screw it. If we die, you die. But I did want to curtail uh, this thing with the the virus and everything because between things being released, things being made, things being canceled, um, I did want to talk about the future. Now, two things I really want to try to think about in regards to this whole pandemic that's going on. One of us, wrestling. Because one of the big things that we know is coming up not uh, Elimination Chamber this Sunday, which... Uh, well, man. well, at, at most people who are listening to this, Elimination Chamber has passed. So. Right. So, I mean, regardless of how the audience looks in that, whether or not they truncated them all to one side because of ticket sales. <laughs> um, but WrestleMania, which is happening in Florida, Tampa Bay this year, and with Florida already confirming a few cases and they're still being a little bit more than a month away from the big event, with something like South by Southwest getting canceled, what is the possibility that WrestleMania itself, the, the showcase of the immortals, even though if they get sick, they're not that immortal, <laughs> what are the chances of that getting canceled? As much as the owner of the company uh, thinking about the safety before bringing a whole bunch of wrestlers to a country where they may be in danger the entire time by the way i'm talking about saudi arabia right 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 just in case i wasn't subtle enough yeah no (laughs) lord knows we touched on that last week yeah it's uh i don't really see vince doing it unless someone forces his hand because yeah it's it's a safety concern but money (laughs) but who would be strong enough to force his hand? Would it be Florida? Would it be the shareholders? Could be Florida. It could be uh, the uh, Board of Health, probably, for Florida, or the governor, or whatever, to say, like, we can't, we have to cancel this uh, event out of health concerns. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think he himself would do it. He, now, as you know, like recently, the stocks took a major hit. Uh, uh, attendance for shows are down. Ratings now for the other shows are down. So Fox and NBC might start looking at him funny in the near future. So WrestleMania is their money maker. That's where they make a. That's where they make the biggest portion of their money every year. You that's also why they've been doing the decisions they've been doing, bringing yes. in Goldberg, bringing in Cena in order to drum up business. Yeah, to get more people to buy the pay-per-views, to get more people to come to the event. If you cancel that event, oh my God, that would you would do so much damage to the WWE because that, that is their bread and butter. That's a big chunk of the pie. Right, but you have to figure if something spirals out of it and you know things get progressively worse... It's going to be such a big tarnish on the company itself. This man is once the man who, when someone told him, like most of the people at WrestleMania three will not be able to see the event if it if it uh, it's sunny that day. Vince goes, well, then it's going to rain, and he he basically chanced everything on the event on the fact that I forget if it was if it was going to rain that day or it was going to be sunny that day, but he chanced the entire event on whether the weather was going to be good or not, and he just said. That's what the way it's going to be. And if I remember right, it was like partly sunny, like kind of middle. So, I he is a man who will take chances for more money because that's what billionaires do. <laughs> and it's just a shame because I mean, Lord knows there's been enough talk about like uh, wellness and health and everything for the wrestlers themselves that you know healthcare isn't necessarily provided to them. Mm-hmm. What happens when wrestlers get coronavirus? Like, are they pretty much SOL on their own? Or is he going to take care of them? Because if he doesn't, that means he's got no storylines. Uh, one of three things. Either they're a big enough star that they're going to be uh, taken care of. Two, that he is afraid of a PR nightmare and does give medical to anyone who does get the coronavirus. Or three, he just doesn't care if uh, if no one notices you and the media doesn't take notice. He, oh, it's Vince not a, it's not a good company to work for. Um, yeah, if you're a wrestler, I wouldn't know why you wouldn't want to try to go for AEW at this point. It doesn't. You won't make as much money, but you'll probably be a lot happier. And sometimes mental health is better than the almighty dollar. Well, yeah, they only work like once a week. Yeah, and they pretty much have a centralized location for the most part. I mean, they. Do they do some travel. traveling, but not as far off reaching as, say, uh, WWE does. It's like shorter trips. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at least you're not like throwing yourself into the hotbed of, uh, you know, quarantine areas. Here's a good one for you, uh, getting away from the subject of pro wrestling. So, we're talking about coronavirus and canceling stuff. What about the Olympics? That, that is also in jeopardy, yes. That is currently questionable. Yeah, and, that, and that's a big thing for Japan. When's the last time Japan had the Olympics? Not too long ago. Certainly within our lifetime, uh, for as long as we've been around. So, like, within the last 30 years, I think they had something. Um, I forget if it was winter or summer. But I, Again, if I could check, I would. <laughs> As I'm trying to make sure I'm off the internet, so this way the internet is good for the stream. So uh, my research facilities are limited at the moment. What what can I say? Uh, our studio is literally in my basement, and I don't have business grade internet. And then I'm not <laughs> buying business grade internet because it's expensive. Um, which is actually kind of sad. Not to get away from the topic, I, I once worked for a cable company. I used to get all this stuff for free, and I had to pay for it again, and that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's upsetting when your uh, lucrative package for working with a company gets diminished. Yes. <laughs> uh, Much like wrestlers' health packages for no, no game, okay, getting away from health. Well, wrestling. you know, I, I was giving some thought to this <laughs> other day. Other day. Uh, you know, back in the day, that made sense for a wrestler to be a contractor because a wrestler would only stay in a territory for so long and move to another territory. So you didn't hire them full-time because they weren't going to stay very long. They were just an attraction to come in, do their thing, and then they went to someplace else, be an attraction there. With WWF and E being the only game in town for so many years, you can't really call someone a contractor anymore. You're the only game in town. You've got to hire these guys full-time. You make so much money a year. Yeah, but then when you're not using them, they're just supposed to sit there and twiddle their thumbs rather than going and, off and, and that, work and elsewhere. And that's the other problem, too. You're, they're contracted workers, but they're contracted workers who are not allowed to work anywhere else but your company. Right. That doesn't sound right. No. It, it, if it's a contract, that means they're freelance. That means they can work elsewhere. Even, even in television, uh, you know, for all the companies I've worked for, if you were a contractor... You were allowed to go someplace else if you wanted to. Uh, like, oh, I'm going to work at your company these day, this day, this day, this day, and then I'm going to go to NBC, and I'm going to work over here for three days, and then I'll go to CBS, I'll work one day over there. And then once you become full-time, that's when the company can say, okay, you can only work here. And you go, yeah, sure, you're giving me health care and a bigger paycheck. Right. I'm cool with that. But you can't do that for a contracted pro wrestler that you're only using here and there and... And even, like, what's the highest pay they give them? They, they do make six figures, I think, from the bat. Well, at some of them, I think. I got mm-hmm. I got to look into the prices again. I'm rambling at this point. Well, no, <laughs> I mean, thinking about contractors, I mean, think about all the people that have been contracted for the Olympics. Now, mind you, this that is too. a gig that only gets done every uh, two or four years, depending on, you know, location and whether it's summer or winter. And even then, as far as uh, it being in some place in Japan, which, unfortunately, is kind of like right next to the hotbed <laughs> yeah. of where all this has been going on. I think they're more affected than most countries. So you have to wonder what kind of an impact this is going to have on Japan when if they can't do it. Not even a when, but if right well, now. They've been spending so much money on just the advertisements and prepping that they would be in the hole if they can't put this event on. I mean, even the, the whatchamacallit, the, the um, mascots, anime characters. Yeah. They had Sailor Moon and Goku and all sorts of stuff. And Goku like, is the official mascot of the 2020 Olympics. Right. And instead of his power level, the <laughs> amount of cases are over 9,000. You know, it's like, it, it's kind of messed up when you think about it. I, and, and you're right about the contractors, too, because now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know anyone personally, but I've heard of people in the industry who, you know, they, they, that's a big, big paycheck. And it's a paycheck that doesn't come around that often. No. So if it gets canceled, you're, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're waiting like a whole other leap year before it can happen again. Yeah. It, so, yeah, that's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do a lot of damage. But then again, you, again, who's to say the coronavirus won't start fading away by that point? Again, it's sort of like the flu. Is there a chance like you come springtime, you're going to start seeing cases go down? Right. I mean, you can only hope that within like a month's time, this doesn't just necessarily continue to ramp up and ramp up and ramp up. We're only seeing ramp up now. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing any kind of diminish. So 
Hopefully, maybe we'll be lucky enough by St. Patrick's Day, it'll start to turn down. Maybe there'll be enough alcohol in people's bodies, it'll kill shit off. But <laughs> we don't know that yet. I mean, me being an Irishman, I can honestly say, Jamison has been a cure-all at times. I don't know how it'll work with this. I will certainly get a bottle for myself if necessary, because gotta stay medicated. But... It's one of those things where all you can do is wait and see what happens. So everyone's been talking, everyone's been worried, everyone it's, you know, pandemonia at some point in many places, but really there's nothing you can do except let it pass, just like a new what do a normal flu. All you can do is like go through your system and out your system and that be it. It's not like there's a vaccine that we can get and not to mention, as some people point out, even if there was a vaccine, how many people be stupid enough to just go like, Well, I don't need that. Right. I mean, I'm not that stupid. If there was a vaccine, <laughs> I'd be like, maybe I should get my shot this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking of like, you know, just letting it pass through and letting it pass on. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of quarantine going on, you know, in countries, homes, states, whatever. And people have just gone ahead and tried to be like, you know, stay at home, be safe, don't do anything unnecessarily excessive, don't do any major traveling. Uh, obviously, in regards to movie theaters, places have closed down, so it's obviously hit the industry. But um, because of that, I have to imagine, and this may be a very superficial mentality, it kind of gives a little weight to streaming over theater. Now, I, I already see that look on your face, I know, but mm-hmm. you have to understand, there was a time when the big movie industries wouldn't give streaming like Netflix or Hulu or even, in some cases, Amazon, any kind of credit. Now, with something like this, you almost have to think it's the smartest way to go about it. What, 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 are, you, what are you doing? I'm reaching like you are with this subject. Oh, son of a... Come on. You, you honestly don't think this makes a case for an advancement on one side of the industry as opposed to the other? Is that any more of an argument than television? How do you mean? Well, television is the same thing. You stay in your house and you watch TV. So you can have movies delivered to you at certain times a day. Even for like the last 60, 70 years. Well, I'm talking about like new release. Yeah. But couldn't you have done that for new releases as well? That I, I'm just, I feel like what you're saying with this is people should not go out in public to watch, to, to, to watch things together. I'm not saying you shouldn't go out in public. I certainly advise that you, know, you have a bit of a social mentality. However, I do think the industry needs to start thinking about what they put into theaters and what they don't put into theaters and how much reliance they put on those things. Well... Let's take a look at what the big argument here is anyway. Um, Like so many people saying it's not a real movie if it's non-theaters, whereas there's now people going like, well, you know, it should be able to be released on stream as opposed to just theaters. I think it's just a stupid argument. It's the same people who go like, what's the better way of shooting a film? Do we go with old school chemical film or do we go with digital recording? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. And you just have people who are grumpy on one side. And eventually... Grumpy. Well, yeah. Like, uh, who, who's the biggest proponent about this? Steven Spielberg? And isn't he... He was over, one of the biggest names. And isn't he now, like, making stuff for streaming networks? I think he's doing something for Apple. Yeah, so... 
But obviously that, that was always the funny thing when that news came out. Uh, he was so much against, uh, you know, Netflix being counted in the Oscars and that Roma at the time shouldn't have been counted. And yet I'm guessing Apple threw enough money at him that he's like, okay, yeah, let's make something. And just like the million dollar man like to say, everyone has a price. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I think uh, Spielberg's kind of paying for it with his whole, uh, you know, daughter going into porn thing now. But, <laughs> well, I, I think... Oh, you missed that part. Didn't we talk about this on an episode like two weeks ago? Well, no, we talked about Spielberg last week in regards to him, you know, stepping down from Indiana Jones 5. And... Yeah. I thought, though, we talked about her, his... Well, just in case we didn't, let's let's jump into that story. So, <laughs> but you didn't hear about that one? Yes, I had. Okay, Because okay. we talked about it. Well, no, no. <laughs> Look, Spielberg's just going through a mess right now, all right? I, mean, I, I have to imagine the whole idea to step down from Indy 5 also played in because, you know, his daughter's becoming a porn star, officially. But it's not his uh, biological daughter. It's someone Well, no, I mean, you, you can look at her and tell it's not a biological daughter, but it is his daughter. So, I mean, no dad wants to hear that. Is it that big of a story? Because from what I my understanding was she did this interview and she just kind of talked about what a great father he was and stuff like that. And it just Oh yeah. She, he said that, uh, he was supportive and everything, but mm-hmm. is he really, is any dad, is any greatest director of all time really supportive of their daughter being stooped on camera? If she's getting paid, <laughs> this is no. going to be my ongoing joke. Like, is there money involved? <laughs> It's a financial degree. You are a fiscally shrewd individual, really. I just know how the world works. I I know, I know. You have your business degree. We've (laughs) mentioned it. (laughs) I don't always know how it works, but I know how money works. Right. Again, speaking of the money thing. Yes. Point is, the movies that they're putting into theaters, I don't believe all of them should necessarily be put into theaters because then you're putting too much marketing and too much emphasis on people having to come out and see these things when really it would probably be a smarter idea to put it at home. Look at something like uh, Onward, all right? One of its lowest openings and yet still getting critical acclaim. It's not a bad movie, even though I haven't been able to see it myself, but a lot of people have enjoyed it. Um, But you'd have to think... Maybe it would have been a better idea than instead of relying on the way the theater is now and the way the people can't really go out to the theaters, if it would have been easier to just put it on Disney+. Plus. I think there's a lot of factors that go into the movie business that uh, they're, in con- they're considering here. Now, uh, again, like they, they still, even today, earn a lot of money through box office. And I think they're afraid to give that up because if you release them through streaming... You're giving them less of a reason to have to pay for what is now like a $20 ticket. Uh, they don't want that. They want you to have to go out and buy for that $20 ticket. Now, I don't think they saw the coronavirus coming. So that's probably why like something like this happened. I don't know. There's a Disney World in China, isn't there? <laughs> or Japan, one of them? I think there's a Disney World in a lot of places. Uh, and No, not, it's China. There's it, one in China. It's in China. Yeah. I think somewhere around Hong Kong, if I'm... If, Thinking right, which of course I know, Hong Kong is separate from China, but still China. in the area. That's a story in itself. Anyway, uh, I don't know. It's I see where you're coming from. I don't think that I don't think a purpose like this is the better excuse. I think it's the the industry as a whole really needs to kind of 
take a look and realize that things are changing and maybe fear shouldn't be the business model, whether there's a disease going on in the world or not. Well, okay, let me ask you. Did you go to the theaters this week? I have. I rarely go to the theaters because, again, $20 a ticket. The only reason I even saw those movies a month ago was just so we could review them on this show. (laughs) But you were able to watch Netflix. Yes. Easy enough, right? Mm -hmm. So just an easier way to market at your convenience. You watch when it comes out. You're good. It's easier, but are you making as much money? And I guess that is the final key. It's the same thing they'll say, like, you know... Why did they, once uh, home rentals became a thing and you were pretty much selling and renting tapes, why did that not change the business model back in the 80s and 90s? What, from VHS, you mean? Yeah. Because, but you know, then again, that just became a middle point because you had the theater releases and then three months later, you had the VHS releases and then a few months after that, you finally got around to the... TV premieres. Well, I'd say it did change the industry to an extent because it gave a brand new platform for people to put movies out that weren't able to go out into theater. The straight mm-hmm. to VHS market boomed from that. And so you now you now you have like almost twice as many options of something to watch rather than simply being relegated to waiting for a particular movie to come out on the VHS and then eventually go on to TV. But I'm saying it didn't eliminate theaters. And it didn't and there was never really a film that got released at the same time on VHS and in the theaters. I think they kind of realized theaters is uh, uh, going to the theater is a bit of a dying thing and you really need a reason to go out there. Otherwise, why are you paying so much money to go to a big public place? Well, that's my point, though. They should look at things and figure, is this theater worthy, rather than putting out so much of a slate into theaters and having to bank on people going to the theaters to see it constantly. Something like Onward, I can almost understand because it is a Pixar movie. It's got some big-name talent. you got Tom Holland. you got Spider-Man. you got the Chris Pratt, Star-Lord. You've got Julia Ruiz-Dreyfus, you know, Seinfeld slash Veep. You, you got the name recognition. Mm-hmm. Fine. But you look at other things that went out uh, just this um, past weekend. There was also The Way Back, the new Ben Affleck movie. Ben Affleck has a new movie? Exactly my point. All right? That is not exactly a movie, even though it seems like a very good story. And, you know, it's nice to see Ben Affleck kind of taking on a role that has kind of reflected his own path the past couple of years with, you know, dealing with his addictions and putting himself on road recovery. And, you know, it's interesting to see, like, this big, jacked Ben Affleck be a basketball coach. Um, Oh, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. It's a perfect movie to come out around Easter time, you know? It's not faith-based like, you know, other heavy-handed ones would be, but it toes the line. I I feel there are movies that, yeah... To what you're saying, I feel there are some movies that should just be directly released to streaming because I think they would do better on streaming than they would in the theater, no matter what. I think a Pixar, people are still going to want to go see because it's this really cool thing to watch on. But like if it's a drama and there's no real set, and it's just it's set pieces and actors doing their thing, do you really need to go to a big theater and watch that on a giant screen? I can't imagine so. Uh, the same argument could probably be made for The Invisible Man. When that came out, yeah, it, it 
made number one at the box office, but only for like 25, 26 million, I think it was, and, uh, just domestically. That's like a nothing in the U.S. And whether or not it did any better globally, which I believe it did, uh, even that is still like a minimal amount compared to what something a global release should get. But it was still number one in the box office. For that particular week. I think this week it is number two behind Pixar. But again, that is that is a bit of a visual movie because you're watching all these effects. And something like that might be cool to watch in theaters. So you are still gathering people. And that's why, again, it was number one that week. But it's also a horror movie. And I feel like unless it's going to be something like big jump scares or something like that, this wasn't that kind of horror movie. This was kind of more of a very eerie, nuanced, unnerving sort of thing. It's the kind of thing, like, if you watched it at home and you had the lights turned down and you just, like, heard little creaks going on, it would be much more unnerving than, like, say, in the theater with, like, the big bright light of the screen hitting everybody. You can see everything in front of you or everyone in front of you. And unless you really just go ahead and, like, sink yourself into the film, you don't lose yourself into it. I feel that's another thing, too. There's a few movies that you want to see with an audience, and I always feel a horror movie is kind of in that way because you, you kind of want the reaction of the crowd with you for the for a jump scare or something like that. If it's something that's going to jump scare people, yes. This wasn't that kind of movie. Uh, I, I don't know if you got to see it. I no, don't. of course. Sorry. Right. <laughs> this will always be a recurring theme on the JTM video <laughs> podcast. Um, well, considering it was the last movie I was able to go ahead and see and review... Um, I can say it's a fine movie. It really is. I really like Elizabeth Moss in it. Even though she's not necessarily like uh, a drawing kind of name, she's still a person that you recognize and she still does put on great work. Um, what I have necessarily said that this is definitely something that should have been released in theaters. No, no way. Uh, I'd say it'd probably be better if it was something that you could watch at home in the dead of night with someone that you love under the covers and just freak each other out. That, that's part of the fun of it. Well, here's another thing to think about. There isn't a centralized uh, streaming service. Now, everyone kind of, like with a movie theater, like you go to AMC, but you also release in Regal and you also release in Cinemark. Whatever. Yeah. So, and what are there other little tiny ones are out there past yeah. those? The little independents. The, the bow ties. The mom and pops. Uh, but when it comes to streaming, it's like, well, you're either doing it with Netflix or you're doing it with Amazon or you're doing it with Apple or the other guys now coming out where Hello. like Warner, Warner Brothers is just going to be releasing on their stuff like HBO Max, uh, Hulu, Hulu's a weird one. I'm, I'm still, I'm still confused by the business model there. Well, Hulu was one thing before Disney took over and once they really go ahead and put their, uh, you know, mouse-covered glove hands into it. Uh, it's probably going to become a Did Comcast a sell their share? Uh, yeah. Oh, they did? So Disney fully owns it now? Yes. Wow. The Hulu is basically going to be Disney Plus for 18 and up. It's pretty much going to be streaming Freeform. Well, I mean, Freeform is also a Disney brand. ABC, like itself, is also owned by Disney. So... Uh, pretty much anything that's not going to be deemed necessarily family friendly mm-hmm. is going to go to Hulu, which is why you had the uh, FX rollout uh, just this past week. So mm-hmm. for the for the majority of FX material, all FX shows, um, whether they're done or they are going to have continuing seasons, all of it's on Hulu now. Really? Yes. 
which is actually very good because I do need to finish up on the last season of Legion. I do need to watch Atlanta. Uh, I think pretty much all the seasons of It's Always Sunny is on there. And um, one of the things I actually got to see over this past week as I was uh, recovering, I got to see the most recent season of Archer, which, of course, is coming back in May. Now, whether or not those episodes are going to be seen next day, like other television shows are on the network, Mm -hmm. uh, that will probably remain to be seen. I hope it is because I don't want to have to wait a whole year before it goes on the network and then I can watch it in like one day. It'd be nice, and I hope they I hope they consider that as a business model because I do watch a lot. Like, uh, uh, actually, the move the keep in streaming, but move away with the from the movies a little bit. Um, uh, one of my favorite shows in the last year has been the Harley Quinn series that was on DC Universe's uh, streaming channel. Right, and now there's talks that uh, I forget where I read this. I'm hoping I'm not making stuff up. I'm pretty confident I read this. That uh, DC Universe was considering maybe shutting down and a lot of stuff maybe moving over to, you know what? No, I'm I am making stuff up. What was actually said was going over to Warner Brothers, huh? The Warner Brothers one. Yeah, they they're thinking that uh, basically the, people are just kind of looking at the DC Universe and going, you know, it's not really doing that well. It's got some good shows. It's but got good shows, no but really no one's signing up, up for it. And they're also saying that they're seeing a lot of DC stuff ending up on HBO Max, like uh, Watchmen's over there, and there's going to be a few other stuff that's DC-related, but it's going to be considered HBO Max property. Right. So, I mean, there is the opportunity that we may get a second season of Watchmen because of it, Mm -hmm. uh, because I think as of right now, it's kind of like a one-and-done sort of thing. But if there's enough demand on the streaming service, they'll probably go ahead and do that. They'll probably import Titans. They'll probably import Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. There may even be the opportunity down the line that uh, they may reboot uh, Swamp Thing. Because people were saying it was pretty good until they went ahead and canceled it after two episodes. Yeah, uh, and also just throw it out uh, Doom Patrol as well, which I thought was a really great show. I honestly, if they just took those core shows that, that I personally like, because I'm greedy like that, and moved those over to HBO Max, I'd be fine with that. You know, let me, let, Give me a reason to get HBO Max, because right now I don't have too many. I'll watch those shows. I'll they're, watch your other shows. They're getting exclusive rights get to Rick and Morty, so I mean, are they? Oh yeah. Wait, is that Time Warner property? Uh, oh yeah, Cartoon Network is. Holy yep. shit! So yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's reason enough for me. That plus South Park, but <laughs> that's that South Park is not Time Warner property. That's Viacom. I know, but they must be working with them because when they did the rollout on the science stuff, that's going to be coming out on HBO Max. South Park was one of them. Really? Wow. I don't know how they... Yeah, no, th- this HBO Max thing, when it rolls <laughs> out, it's going to be massive. It's, it's probably going to have more content than Disney does because of all the things that they can work with. You know, I was one of the big proponents of Disney Plus when that came out, and I got to say, I have stopped watching it after like two months. There's nothing on there that really has made me stick with it. I think it's one of those things where you, you figured there was going to be so much product, and to an extent there is, but it's, it's familiar product. product. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of new product coming out. Aside from Mandalorian, all you have is like those uh, family-oriented Disney shows, like, you know, the kid that's going to become president or, uh, you know, encore with the people doing the stage musical stuff. Not, not necessarily something that's for general public. It's and- more isolated target audiences. And they do have shows that they've said they were going to announce and which had made people excited, but they still haven't gotten around to it. That includes uh, uh, WandaVision and, uh, and uh, Falcon and the... 
Well, those Wait, are coming out this year. It's a Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Speaking of which, uh, so I finally got to watch a new show on uh, Netflix. Kind of new show, more a new season. So you were streaming? Show. Yes, yes, okay. I was. Again, I'm still counting this as a point for me here. Now, I, so uh, I said a, a few episodes back that I would start a new segment called uh, When the Hell Did Netflix Make That? Right. And now I'm debating if it's really Netflix's fault or just mine for not keeping up with stuff. Because mm. I, I said this on a different episode that specifically I was waiting for this show to come out and release it, but I didn't do any research on it. And when it came out and I saw the preview and I saw who the main character was being played by this season, I'm like, Anthony Mack? Mackie. Mackie. I apologize. Anthony uh, Mackie. Uh, yeah. Anthony but, Mack is his pimp name. <laughs> But again, this guy is working on this major TV show for Disney Plus, and I'm like, here he is in, over on Netflix, also making a uh, TV series. And I had no idea. It was a show I liked, too. No idea. I'm stupid like that sometimes. Well, no, I, uh, they've been advertising Altered Carbon Season 2 rather well, I'd say, in comparison to, say, other Netflix shows. Uh, now, the, if I remember correctly, the first season had uh, Joel Kinnaman. Yes. Which... Um, you know, of uh, Suicide Squad and Robocop fame, if you can call it that. <laughs> um, he w- he's still not a well, well named. I'd say the most here. recent thing. I'd say I'm, it's not surprising that he's on a Netflix show because I think when they do sign up people for Netflix, they sign them up for like multi-year uh, deals. And then the last thing I remember him in was House of Cards. He was, was he in House of Cards? He was in House of Cards. He was like um, a presidential proponent uh, to the Underwoods. So since that got inadvertently canceled due to... <laughs> Other matters. other reasons. Uh, I guess they needed something for him to do, and I guess that's why they put him in All Carbon in Season 1. Now, is there... Season 2. He's in, No, no, he's in Season oh, 1. Oh, I, I thought we were talking about Anthony... Mackie no, but that's what I'm getting to. Is there a reason that for Season 2, they've put the direction on a completely new actor? Uh, are you familiar with the series? No. Okay, so this was... I, I told you before we began, it's like, I want to review the show, but I didn't do any prep for it, and I'm going to screw it up. And I'm going to... No, just don't, from one reviewer to another, just yeah. speak honestly. Well, I am. I am. Yes. It's just, this is a very confusing show to explain. And it's like, I don't know where to begin, where to start. I can't really start in episode one. That wouldn't really explain anything. Uh, it's a sci-fi show, and it's its own little universe with its own little rules. And the, the biggest plot point of this is that humans are able to download their minds onto a little device and then move from body to body by just moving this device to different bodies. Like, the, the whole point of the show is that uh, the human being's body means nothing now. In fact, they don't even call it a body. They call it a sleeve. Like, something a they sleeve. wear. Yes. Ew. It's like, <laughs> that what? sounds so dirty, in a sense. <laughs> and, it, and it's more about the data that makes you you, either whether it's on one of these devices or it's downloaded someplace else. It, it really brings up a lot of moral questions. But... Uh, but really, it, race is customizable. Yeah, so that, that's the beauty of the show, is that a character can go from body to body to body. If you saw season one, it was a white guy, blonde hair and stuff. And then you find out the character was originally an Asian man with uh, Polish blood. Uh, season, I'm kind of giving a small spoiler here, so I apologize. But for season two, it actually opens up with him being an Asian woman. 
And oh, then, so he had already transferred from Kinnaman to someone else. Yes, he actually that that happened at the end of season one. So okay. I won't ruin anything if anyone wants to watch the the season and hasn't. Uh, but it, it's just it's this interesting thing. People can go from body to body to body in here. So that pretty much explains the title of the show, Altered Carbon, which mm-hmm. of course the human body is primarily carbon. So it's like. Altered carbon is just, you know, altering your appearance, altering the outer look, not necessarily the inner. To a degree. And it's not like altering a look. It's just like they grow bodies and then they trade bodies with each other. Like Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yes. In, in <laughs> fact, uh, Anthony Mackie... Who, who, who's the guy that gets Exodia? That's what I like. <laughs> Anthony Mackie's body is considered like a super soldier in this. Who knew? But, wow. That, <laughs> yes. A little on the nose, isn't it? And uh, for most of the show, it is used by the main character, who is Takashi Kovac, and then uh, ends up being used for a short period of time in another episode by another character in that season. So that's a cool thing about this show, is I think every season can be sort of an anthology. Like, some characters do kind of repeat, but you can trade out the actors for any character. Like a Doctor Who sort of thing. Yeah, and it actually makes you think a lot about Doctor Who. There is practically immortality in, in this. To a degree. Wow. All right. It's a, it's a very, very interesting show, but I'm going to warn you. It's sci-fi. There's a lot of weird stuff. There's some writing there. It's like, I don't know what they're talking about. It, even, but it's if you love sci-fi, if you're one of those people who used to watch the sci-fi shows back in the day on the sci-fi channel or on USA and stuff like that. Like Farscape and such. Yeah, you'll like this. And here's where I where I originally got annoyed by Netflix because when I discovered this show, I didn't hear anything about it, but you can tell they poured money into it. In season two, especially, like, I was like, this could be a movie. This would be something I would watch in theaters. But it's a 10-episode, eight-episode TV series. To be fair, Netflix pours money into everything. I I have to think they have their own printing press at this point. (laughs) This will also be a recurring theme on the GT Mingo podcast. I just like until the day they go out of business, just under not understanding where they have the money for this stuff. But you know what? I, t- I actually did talk to someone about this. If you look at everything, like it's six ninety nine a month for uh, Disney Plus. It's six ninety nine, I also believe, for DC Universe, and a lot of the other ones are somewhere between six and ten dollars. But Netflix, Netflix now is probably up to about thirteen ninety nine, twelve ninety nine, thirteen ninety nine. But you know what? I've talked to people and they're still like they'd rather have Netflix than any of the other ones I just mentioned because they do put a lot of content out and it is content people want to watch. So they are making money still. And the beautiful thing about it that I've noticed as opposed to other ones, a lot of international content. Yes. Which I really find kind of refreshing. Not that I've necessarily dived in too much myself. I'd say the most I've watched was probably uh, Balu Bali, the you know, for one and two. Um, and those are like Indian actions, uh, like fantasy movies. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's good stuff. It's just one of those things where it's like you have to take yourself out of the equation of being an American and really be able to subvert yourself into something that's not yours, but is somewhat, you know, familiar. And uh, they've got plenty of options for that, whether it be TV, whether it be movie, uh, whether it be serialized or not. Mm-hmm. And... I'd say that's probably where they get a good amount of their money from, not even just the U.S. market, but overseas, which I don't think uh, you can necessarily say about, like, Disney+, Plus, which I think in some cases hasn't even rolled out. 
You're very true about that as well. I just, I can't believe I gave so much faith to Disney on Disney Plus and just like how it didn't meet my expectations whatsoever. Give it time, give it time. I'm, I'm sure when Netflix first came out, it was kind of like, eh, why am I going to do this when I still get my DVDs? Yes, you know? true. <laughs> I don't know when I started going to Netflix where I was like, okay, I'll start watching that. Right. Well, I mean, I think what for me... Uh, I almost hate to say it. I think for me, it started with anime. Because it was like the only platform I was seeing that actually had any anime shows on it. So I was like, okay, well, let me sign up so this way I can like check out some new ones. In fact, uh, since you're talking about something you watched on Netflix, I might mm-hmm. as well talk about something I watched on Netflix. And just this past week, uh, this weekend in itself, uh, rolled out the third season of Castlevania. That's right. That came out. Yes. <laughs> hey, you want You want to ask me the question? Did you watch it? No. Of course. <laughs> Which I'm a little surprised by because... Uh, with so, it being, as am I. With it, with, with it having like that kind of uh, anime sort of tone with some of its animation, with it being video game oriented, with it being one of the few successful orient, like adaptations of a video game property in the past few years, because really we've only now started to get good ones between... Pikachu and Sonic in the theaters between The Witcher and Castlevania on Netflix, which apparently Netflix seems to be on the ball with this sort of thing as opposed to other properties. It's going good well. good for nerds. Yeah, it's very good for nerds. Um, I do have to say I was a little surprised by how branched out they really went with the third season. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with Castlevania, it's about the Belmonts, it's about Dracula. The, the main series so far has really revolved around Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, in which you have Trevor Belmont uh, being uh, one of the earlier people of the Belmont lineage, um, Sypha, the speaker, who's kind of got her ice and magic powers, and of course... Everyone's favorite reverse-named anti-vampire son, Alucard. Which, it's, <laughs> there's no other way to describe him at this point. I mean, we know what he is. He's the son of Dracula, and it's like, wow, how'd you get that name? Oh, it's spelled backwards. So clever. The one thing that upset me about this is that there is no Grant the Nasty. That, that's really upsetting to me. There's no what? In the video game, one of the three people that you're going ahead and like you're getting on as like your partner throughout the game that you can switch between mm-hmm. is Grant the Nasty. He's kind of like a freedom fighter, kind of like a pirate. He uh, you know throws knives, he climbs walls, he's a little acrobatic. Not in the series at all. They <laughs> completely did with. I don't know if it's because he's not as as surprising as like you know the. The wizarding words of the speaker, or you know, the vampire with the sword—I don't know. But I would have liked to have seen all three of them added in. That's just my personal opinion. And if you're gonna go ahead and adapt the game, you adapt everybody. Lord knows they brought enough people in from the technically timeline-wise, the game that comes after Dracula's Curse, um, in which uh, you've got uh, the demon forge the devil forge master hector as the lead and he's been playing around in the whole series it's kind of like combining the two games together and you're seeing the transition the three-year distance between that one and the next which i'm guessing is probably what's going to happen next season this season was pretty much just about fleshing out everybody fleshing out hector fleshing out isaac uh showing trevor showing sypha and their life together showing alucard in his isolation um, whether or not all these people are going to play into the next season, I don't know. The only person that obviously hasn't played into this season is Dracula, p- voiced by Grant, uh, Grant McTavish. 
And that's because, like in the game, Dracula gets killed. But, <laughs> like in the games, everyone tries to bring him back. You know, that's just going to be the recurring theme. So, so every season so far has just been about people trying to bring Dracula back, not Dracula actually being a threat well, yet? Well, no, last season they killed him. Dracula was certainly the threat. That was pretty much all Castlevania three. Now we're getting into that point where there's like that three-year distance between the end of one game and the beginning of the next. And I feel like we're probably going to see a little less of Trevor and the Belmonts and more of Hector's uh, upbringing. Because really, Hector has had some shit go on. This, Oh my God, I feel so bad for Hector. I really want to see him be the protagonist in the next season with uh, having to deal with all the... The bullshit he's gone through. He's been lied to. He's been set up. He's been manipulated. He's been tortured. I want to see Hector get some retribution. And here's the brilliant thing about the show that I really think is interesting. For the voice cast that they have, it's a very varied voice cast. Not a lot of big names that you'd probably recognize, except maybe Graham McTavish himself, since he's out of the picture. Really, the only big name that you have on the series would probably be Theo James. Now, Theo James, for those people who may not be familiar, uh, he was pretty much uh, four in the Divergent series. Uh, those four films, he was like the main male lead. Nice-looking guy, young guy, um, and he plays Hector, the guy who's been constantly screwed the entire series. So if you're going to go ahead and you're going to build the series up on possibly this one character and show his descent and then possible ascension... To do it on a name that's young, recognizable to young audiences, it's a great way to bring people into a series rather than go ahead and just throw out any old name uh, to voice somebody and hope that maybe it makes them a name. Whereas somebody, this is someone that can grow with the series. And I really hope that they continue on and it doesn't get like the, the axe from Netflix because really they've been pretty good about their animation. I'd say they probably rely more on series after series of animation than they probably do of live action. Because live action series usually get like that two season and cut off. <laughs> you don't see that a lot with their animation, whether it be anime oriented or otherwise with like their DreamWorks stuff. They've relied very heavily on it. So I'm hoping that we actually get a, a concise, conclusive end to this. Who knows? Maybe even after they've done told the story of the next game, they'll go ahead and they'll jump to someone else. I'd like to see a Simon Belmont that, you know, that's pretty much like the, the original Castlevania that we got. Because really, the only Simon Belmont we got was from Captain N, the Game Master. <laughs> and he, and that, yeah, that wasn't really Simon That was Belmont. not a good Simon Belmont. We, we need a better Simon Belmont. In fairness, a lot of the characters in that TV series was not a good version of that character. Well, compared to what we've seen from Mega Man, Lord knows they've amped that up. And I'd say I didn't Kid, mind. Pit. <laughs> Who yeah. was not even pit in the TV series. It was Kid Icarus. I'm getting off topic. Anyway. No, was, no, they were bad. We, we get that they were bad. All the more reason I want to see a Netflix retribution saga of these characters from Captain N. I want to see a new <laughs> Mega Man series. I want to see a Kid Icarus series. They could do it. Lord knows they've done enough uh, with other anime styles and other anime properties that they could go ahead and wrap those into video gaming properties. True. Uh, and I guess some of those are Capcom. That's where it got weird. Back in the day, Nintendo had a lot more uh, flexibility with them, but if you want to do Mega Man, that is Capcom. Simon Belmont's Capcom, correct? Or is that Nintendo? No, it's either Capcom or Konami. I forget which one it was. Hmm. Uh, no, I was going to mention some other stuff about the... Uh, 
animation on Netflix because they they had uh, some other good stuff. They teamed up with the DreamWorks. Yeah, no, they've had a thing with DreamWorks where they've had like independent series from their movies. They had Voltron on, and not only did they have Voltron, I found that they had like six seasons of Voltron. Like, how did you? Voltron was good. And they were doing. They were releasing them like every few months, and like they weren't waiting a year. They're just like, bam, more Voltron. No, I'd say with Voltron, you probably got like two, two editions a year. You got like the first few episodes, the first half, and then the second half later on that year. And then sometimes some seasons were just a few episodes, and so they were able to do the next ones later on. It kept you captivated. It kept you watching instead of like the year long wait that you do with some other series. Like, say, Stranger Things. Or a two-year wait, like Altered Carbon, which is making me sad because now I have to wait that long for the others. And they also have uh, She-Ra. DreamWorks is taking care of that. They're doing yes. He-Man. They're going to be doing it. Uh, Kevin big... Smith is going to be doing it. Kevin He-Man, Smith is doing way. He-Man, which is a sequel series to the original He-Man. Not the reboot that was done back in the early 2000s. Not a new version of it. It's going to be strictly from the 1980s version. It's nice. going to continue on from there. But, uh, Which I don't know how that's going to work with She-Ra. It may be completely separate. Yeah, I'm just... yeah, And also with Kevin Smith. I like Kevin Smith. He's a good writer, but uh, his writing doesn't always work for action stuff. So I'm a little... little I'm cautiously optimistic. Look, as long, as long as Man at Arms doesn't go into like a 30-minute soliloquy about a story or something like Kevin Smith does when he does live events, I'm completely fine with that. All right? Keep it nice. Keep it snappy. <laughs> Uh, but I will mention one other show, that, uh, original that DreamWorks uh, released on Netflix, and it was called Kipo in the Age of Wonder, The Wonder Beast. Yes, that just came out. Uh, I saw that when it first got released, and uh, I mean, it was no Avatar, but it wasn't bad either. They, again, like, like, I'm just kind of agreeing with you, animation for Netflix is pretty good. Yeah, I, and the thing is, you really don't see it on too many of the other platforms. You don't see it much anime or animation-oriented content on Amazon, on Hulu. Disney is one thing, but Disney, it's all their old no. vault stuff. Not a lot of new stuff. No. If, if it's anime, I think most of the fans at this point know to go to either Crunchyroll or Verve, which is pretty much Crunchyroll plus more. Crunchyroll plus uh, Nicktoons plus Mondo plus High Dive. I have it. Yeah. It, I, I still have it, but you know. I'm a, I'm a little pissed off that they got rid of some of the dubs, but. Yeah. Well, what ended up also happened. Well, this is why it happened. Uh, they were Funimation was part of them, and when Funimation got bought out by one of their rival companies, this is this was a big thing. I, I got to look up who it was, but Crunchyroll got bought out by one big company. Funimation got bought out by another big company, and then those parent companies, like parents do, say, you can't play with that boy. Well, that's going to be interesting when HBO Max comes out because Crunchyroll is going to HBO Max. Now, whether or not it, that's going to be exclusive... It may have been Warner Brothers who bought Crunchyroll. Yeah, so Warner. I don't know if it's going to be exclusive to the fact that it's not going to be on Verve anymore, and I think once Verve loses Crunchyroll, uh, that's I going to be I think... You, I could be wrong, you can correct me, but I believe Crunchyroll owns Verve. I, I, I don't know if it's Crunchyroll that owns it or if it's uh, Rooster Teeth. Well, if Rooster Teeth owns it, then yeah, they're kind of... Wait, no, isn't... I think Rooster Teeth is also part of Warner. So then they might just do away with Verve completely and integrate everything. Possibly. Which, again, you know what? I would like the consolidation of some of these streaming networks. Yes. That would be nice. Just give me one big hub. Yes, yes. Uh, With that said, anything else you would like to add? I'm kind of... I'm burned out on things. 
Uh, we, no, I've got nothing that I can think of. Um, I don't. Unfortunately, there's no audio here, so we don't know if this section will be in the podcast. But I just want to show some for the people streaming and possibly watching on YouTube. Uh, What's that? This is a clip that uh, Ryan was in recently for Impractical Jokers. Ah, uh, jeez. See if I can actually get it here. There is going to be n- no real audio, unfortunately, because my computer was not set up to do it this way. But you want to you want to give a description of what this was uh, while this you're was putting up on the screen? Yes. Okay. So. As some people know, I am an actor, um, when I can be. And uh, last year, I was able to go ahead and get myself into an episode of Impractical Jokers. Now, this episode actually just premiered this week. And I was part of the punishment for Murr. Uh, Now, he had to go into a male sauna, or spa, or however you want to call it. And, well... What happens in the spa and sauna, uh, you'd pretty much have to go ahead and see. Now, um, as you can see on the screen here. For those watching on YouTube. Right. If you happen to be watching there. Uh, You got a lot of older gentlemen, a lot of uh, men of a certain weight going ahead and uh, uh, sitting there in the towels. There is some discussion about what's uh, doing the uh, the sauna room. Someone asked if it was gas, and it's actually <laughs> electric. And, and then we all get up, and we point Murr to the center. You can actually see me uh, when Murr gets into the center there. I am to his right. And the electric slide is about to play. <laughs> <laughs> and we all disrobe. Uh. And we are dancing. I'm doing the best I can before we actually go ahead and do the electric slide. Yeah, you can see my face right next to Murr's right there. And yeah, um, to say that this was like a reach for body positivity, it certainly was. Uh, I'd say all of us pretty much had to be agreeable to this sort of stuff. Uh, <laughs> dancing on that hardwood or a hard, you know, marble floor. It was not exactly enjoyable. Are we pointing out that everyone except Marv is, uh, Merv is uh, naked? Yeah, well, I mean, Merv wasn't even naked himself. He had, like, uh, probably some green Speedos on, if I remember correctly. Uh, and, yeah, that little old guy that's just, like, in the corner looking at him. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, it, it, it was a delight. Did this episode already uh, debut? It did, it did. It debuted this week. Uh, but yeah, you can see me just trying to dance there. We actually had to have a choreographer taking care of us and making sure that we were all in sync and be able to know all the right moves and when to turn and all that. Now, me being a bartender, I've heard this song so many times that I'm good. I know what's up. And I have to say, not boasting, being around that many naked men, it gave me a bit of confidence. You know, I, I felt good about myself afterwards. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm going <laughs> to leave it at that. Uh, we, can, we can cut it now. We can stop it. Uh, but yeah. So, a lot of things happened to me this week. <laughs> a lot of things. 
Uh, well, I guess if you do want to watch that clip for your own, uh, it you did post it on your uh, Twitter, so it's on. Uh, uh, it's real on Twitter. Deal. It's on the real. It's on the the JT and Big O page at the moment. I did share it there. It's definitely on the Impractical Jokers Twitter. So definitely go ahead and check it out there. Or you could actually just watch the whole episode and find out how Murr got himself put in that position in the first place. Uh, but yeah, so far that's my most recent claim to fame uh, nationwide. <laughs> dancing naked to the electric slide. <laughs> uh, I'm not even sure if we got credited for that. I really should check that. <laughs> should. It's like naked guy number six. Yes. <laughs> or just naked dancer. We don't have to put numbers on it. There's no hierarchy. I, I do want to talk about one last thing before we close out the episode because you just reminded me. Uh, you remember Conan O'Brien, uh, not Conan O'Brien, uh, a few years ago when Jason Momosa uh, was trying to play. Momosa? Uh, what, what is his last name? Momoa. Momoa. Jason Momoa. He may drink a Momosa, but he's not a Momosa. <laughs> uh, Jason Momoa uh, was uh, playing Conan the Barbarian. Yes, yes. He, was, he took over for Conan. Uh, that was one of his first early roles, actually. Well, I remember in that film, like when he, when he first comes on uh, a screen as Conan, he saves a whole bunch of half-naked women in there. Uh, me and my friend stated after the credits ro- uh, were rolling for that, and they were listed there, but it was like naked captain number one, naked captain number two, naked. And I'm just like, could you picture going to an audition saying, "Yes, I was naked captain number three? <laughs> well, I mean, I think in that regard. It depends on whether or not they had lines. So if you're going to go ahead and itemize, if they're all part of a group, but say someone spoke first and then someone spoke second and then someone spoke third, then yes, there should be some set of itemization so that this way there's uh, almost a timeline to it. Mm-hmm. That I can understand. If it's a whole big huddled mass and they don't, no one says anything and no one does anything, then yeah. Okay, just pile them all together. And but, that scene right now with the with the dancing, there mm-hmm. was like the two guys that spoke. So there was the one that's like, you know if this is gas-powered or electric? And it's like, no, baby, that's electric. And the guy that says that's electric, he's also the one that does the thing with Murr's towel. So if anything, he would be like naked dancer number one. The other old guy would be dance, naked dancer number two. The rest of us would just be schlubs. I, I admit <laughs> that. I'm not getting a number. I know I'm not getting a number. I just... It's just something that always ran in my head. Like, imagine if if you become big one day and uh, you have all these major roles and someone's going through your uh, filmography and like, huh, on an episode of the Impractical Chokers, he was Naked Man number six. Yes, yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting my on-screen nudity out of the way so this way I don't have to show up butt naked on a film like, you know, David Lynch's or something. <laughs> uh, that would be a little creepy. Granted, this whole thing, anyway, I don't know where to go with this. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again very much for joining us this week on the JT and Big O oh. podcast. Uh, I, again, was uh, JT McGuire. You can check me out on uh, videogeekjt.com. And to my side, again, is Ryan Big O'Regan. And mortified. Mortified, Ryan Big O'Regan. <laughs> Uh, and you can catch him on uh, Real Ordeal on Twitter, Instagram. Is there any other social media places you use that name? Well, I mean, there is Real Ordeal Entertainment that you can find on Facebook. You can check out the page there. Um, otherwise, there is just my own personal page. Um, if you want to go ahead and send me a message, any kind of like, uh, hi, how are you? Hope you're doing all right, that all that sort of stuff. All that good vibes really help. And um, 
I know as far as the Instagram stuff has been concerned, uh, I've kind of gone off track with the whole video day uh, progress that I've been doing there. Uh, that's mostly because I haven't had a smartphone, and so I haven't been able to record anything. But I will be doing my best to try to get back on track with that. If nothing else, I'm going to see how many movie reviews I can do and just try to pre-record all those. So look for something on Onward. Look for something further way back. Look for something for Emma, if I can find it, because I really do want to check out Emma. I never got to see the uh, first one with Grand Paltrow, but I do like Anya Taylor-Joy, so I'm going to go see if I can see that one, especially before uh, New Mutants with her comes out. I keep forgetting New Mutants is a thing. It's yeah, it, hopefully it's a thing. It's already been pushed back enough times. I don't want the virus to push it back anymore. Let's just get <laughs> the movie and be done with it. By the time it comes out, like half the cast will be dead or something like that. Dude! I don't morbid. know. I don't know. Oh, they'll, they'll just be sick with coronavirus. And two of them will die. Don't be trying to kill on <laughs> Maisie Williams. Damn. Uh, yeah, it's a, You know what? We got to end the episode. Otherwise, I have more to say on that topic. Again, thank you again for joining us. I know I already said that, but why not repeat it? Till next time, I bid you all adieu because I'm stealing from Kenny Omega. Bye-bye. You thief. Yes. <laughs>